Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Sharon McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, a boutique real estate firm that is home to over 30 real estate sales and marketing consultants who service home buyers and home sellers throughout Boston, the South Shore, the South Coast, and Cape Cod. Our firm takes pride in assisting our clients in the next chapter of their lives by taking a holistic approach to their real estate endeavors. We believe that every move should be a moving experience. Every week, my real estate team member, Mary Baker, and I, along with the director of Boston Connect Real Estate, Melissa Wallace, provide you with our unique marketing approach to selling homes and share with you our expertise in navigating the home buying process. We like to mix it up sometimes, so not only will you hear our perspective on real estate topics, but you will hear the expert thoughts and opinions of some of our real estate agents at Boston Connect Real Estate and the preferred professionals that we trust. Be part of our roundtable. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and wherever you listen to podcasts at Talk Real Estate Roundtable. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me and my team or one of the dedicated agents at Boston Connect Real Estate to discuss your real estate needs, you can connect with us at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. And hello to all my South Shore neighbors. This is Sharon McNamara, and you are, of course, listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable here on a Saturday morning. We have Tim in studio this morning. Hello, Tim. Hello. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning. Good morning. I am coming from a beautiful uh, Martha's Vineyard this morning. Um, interesting. Right before we started the show, I got a knock on the side of the boat, and they're <laughs> oh, like, no. oh, we we ask you to we need you to move your boat a little bit closer to shore or something like that. I'm like I can't drive this thing. So. <laughs> Do you know who I am? I have a radio show right now. Darn it! No, I can't move. No. I actually said that. I go. You know what? You might want to look for my husband. He's with my two daughters and four dogs. <laughs> they were heading towards the beach. You might want to tell him that because I'm live in about thirty uh, yeah. seconds. Yeah. They're like live. I'm like yeah. Um, also joining us this morning, Tim, is um, from another island close by to where I am, um, coming from, if it's okay for me to say, Sean, is it okay for me to tell the world where you are? Absolutely. You are in beautiful Nantucket. All right. Have, yeah. Very Sean nice. Cunning. Yep. So Sean has been a longtime guest of mine here on our radio show, Tuesday nights, Saturdays. Uh, with McNamara Financial. So Sean Cunning is with Sullivan Garrity Donnelly, which is SGD Insurance. And I am so excited about today's topic because it's something that I've been thinking about and I don't know why I was like, hmm, this would be a great topic. So I know Sean and I, we've been trying to get our um, sort of our calendars in sync so we can have you on the show. So I'm really, really happy to have you here today. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you, Sharon. Yes. So, Sean, why don't you, for those of you who are not, for those of our listeners, by the way, on WATD, who are not familiar with who you are and where your offices are, why don't you give sure. everybody a little synopsis? Sure. Yep. So, we're um, yeah, we're a decent-sized independent agent. We're, we're at our, our, my office is in Cohasset Village. Uh, we also have other locations in Worcester, Hyannis, and Chatham. We kind of specialize in difficult homes or coastal properties or, you know, high net worth individuals that have a lot of properties around the world that need to come together with a nice portfolio of 
insurance products. But we also do just, you know, first-time home buyers as well. So it's it runs the whole gamut. So I guess you can call us kind of a generalist. But mm-hmm. the nice part about us is that we do have a lot of products, a lot of lines. So when you come to us, you know, you, you have access to a lot of products and kind of hopefully get the best product fit for your needs. You know, some agents might not have that type of representation. Yeah. And that's what I love, you know, about everything that, I, you know, all of our insurances are with you and it's for us, yeah. it's one stop shopping. So I yeah. don't have to think about any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. what we have you for. And there have been many a times where you're like, uh, or someone from the office yeah. will call, maybe I missed a paying a bill or something like that. It's just like, uh, but yeah. it gets exactly. a little confusing. Yeah. No, because I can't pay the bill. It's just, you know, <laughs> you might be in who the likes vineyard. to pay bills. exactly (laughs) exactly so today's topic is um for all of our listeners and we're also on uh live on facebook so you can find us on my feed which is sharon costa mcnamara become my friend and follow along also just posted us on marshfield connect we're going to be on pembroke connect all the uh, connect pages so you can follow along if you want to in that on pembroke on uh, facebook you can also find the link to zoom so if you want to follow along through zoom you can feel free to do that as well so um want to give a little snapshot of what we're going to be doing for topics today just a little tidbit i think someone sent you an agenda yeah did somebody sean oh yeah oh you're talking okay sure yeah there's a whole bunch of topics we can go we can see what the callers want to talk about as well but you know, we got a lot going on. I think we saw in the news uh, two weeks ago, there was some large house fires in Hingham. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty scary. You just build a house and all of a sudden now the house is gone a moment later. Um, you know, and what to expect. I think as a homeowner, you come home and you say, wow, my, I have a total loss of my house. Now what do I do? And yeah. that's the perfect time to reach out to your agent and say, you know, you know, we're in a jam. What to expect? Should I hire a private adjuster? Should I you know, get a hotel room and kind of get my, you know, belongings, go to the store and buy some clothes. And, you know, what, how does it handle what, like what to expect? Nobody ever thinks they're going to have such a massive loss, but mm-hmm. I don't know if you know too, that, you know, these people were away at a total loss in their house. It was a fire and it actually, it was a windy afternoon and it actually blew the flames into some neighboring houses as well. Uh, and, wow. you know, my, I heard, I, I thought it was one of my accounts, but luckily it wasn't, but, I heard some of the cause of it was because of the mulch. They put down fresh mulch. It was still, you know, fermenting a little bit. And, and it, it, mulch is hot. And it actually lit, lit up the siding and went up the side. That's what I heard that happened. It's not wow. official. I had no idea that that could happen with mulch. Well, I also, I grew up in the city. So, I mean, I didn't have much experience <laughs> with mulch. But, I mean, yeah. I've been in yeah. my home for what 30 years i've never even heard that well you know now that i think of it sometimes when you go by the you know those landscaping places you can see like steam so yeah coming yeah. off of it and i know on the driftway that the, they have a pile of mulch on the driftway in situate and, and the fire department's there all the time putting water on it because it does catch wow. on fire yeah i had no idea about that well one oh. of the things that i'm you know about that topic you know, I'm sort of curious, and I'm sure if you know any of the details, we can talk a little bit more about that and what happened in Hingham. But one of the things that's been going through my mind is just with the craziness of the real estate market and mm-hmm. all of this emotional purchasing. So I know that this is at the end of the of our agenda, but I'd love to hop in there right sure. now. Uh, yeah. But I also want to let our WATD listeners know 
If you would like to um, ask any questions, whether it's about real estate directly or if it's anything to do with insurance, home insurance, car insurance, any other type of insurance um, that you can think of, because he does it all, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, you can call us at the studio, uh, 781-837-4900. So Tim is in studio today at WATD in Marshfield, and um, we are streaming in ourselves from beautiful Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard. And um, so here's, it's at the end of our agenda, but I want to talk about it. So Mm -hmm. no surprise to anybody what's been going on in in the real estate market. I personally have been calling it reckless. I just think it's just, it's gotten out of, it got out of control so fast. Um, Sort of reminded me a little bit of 2004 and five when things were just so fast paced. What I was seeing in my firm, um, again, for those of you who don't know, I own Boston Connect Real Estate. Um, we were seeing like our listings and offers coming in and multiple offers and like some houses were getting $200,000 over asking. $200,000 over asking for four bedroom colonials, three bedroom capes in Pembroke. Like it was just crazy. And then, you know, in the, the higher end markets, it was just the same, just with bigger numbers. Mm-hmm. So my big question is, let's just, I'll just use like a round number, 500, the house is on the market for $500,000. Someone decides to purchase that home, let's just say $100,000, emotional value, right? Emotionally, I want this house. I'm willing to give the seller $100,000 over what they're asking. So now we have a list price of 500, a sale price of 600. These houses, by the way, we're never appraising for that emotional value. That's just something that the public never saw. It's just that the people purchasing had a large percentage down. So it didn't interfere with the bank worrying about, you know, if it ever went into foreclosure, they would certainly get their money back, right? So now it's appraised that let's just use 500,000. So on the market for 500, sold for 600, bank appraisal at $500,000. How do you insure this house? I know, and, and everybody says, well, I want to insure, or the banks are even asking us to insure for the price paid, and, and that's not what insurance is doing. I mean, the whole goal of his insurance is to get you whole again if you have a loss. So if this house, what, what I try to figure out is what does it cost to rebuild the exact same house on the same footprint and demolition and takeaway if you had a total loss? Demolition takeaway could be 50000 60000 um, to put that house into a dumpster and dispose of it. Then you can start rebuilding and pull permits. And then the other factor we, we factor in too is you got to come up with a replacement cost, but the builders out there, they know they're all busy right now. So the cost of construction is in materials has grown tremendously and it's kind of scaring the insurance carriers. You know, what's it really going to cost to build this? What's it going to cost to pull a builder off of another job to come to your house to get you back in your house quickly and the same quality of construction. So that number I'm using now is about 350 a square foot um, for rebuild cost. Mm-hmm. So what we're seeing is a lot of people, new clients coming in, they're severely underinsured. So if you have a total loss on a house, you know, one, you overpay for the house probably, and two, you're probably underinsured if you're not mm-hmm. careful. So yeah, it's a fine line. What I like, though, is that the carriers are now going out inspecting the properties a month or two after the closing. And then oh, what okay. they'll, yeah, they'll come back and say, you know what, this is underinsured, you know, or, or it's overinsured, too. Yeah. 
I actually so. had heard a story recently about somebody who had purchased a home um, up in New Hampshire and went through the process, didn't, you know, do a home inspection. They were able to, you know, go through the, you know, the whole process of buying the house, got the insurance binder. And generally speaking, you need like a year. Isn't it what the banks want? Like a year ahead, like a whole yeah. binder. And went through the whole process, but then the insurance company, after it had closed, came back and did an inspection on it and dropped them because they said that there were some issues with the foundation that they weren't comfortable with anymore, mm -hmm. and they dropped them. Yeah. 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 That, I so, do see that a lot on the inspections. Or they give you 30 or 60 days to make the re necessary repairs or we're done. And once you get dropped, it's very hard. To, you get flagged in the insurance world that you're a difficult risk and this house is a problem. So all of a sudden you might, you know, be running up against, you know, some very expensive insurance on a $500,000 house. You might be paying fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars um, Now you got to go to a Lloyd's of London knowing there's problems and it's 4000 you know. So yeah. it could be a very drastic change, especially if you're tied on money to, you know, a first time home buyer. It can be a little devastating. Yeah. So what would, what would happen if you couldn't? I mean, I don't know if that's more of a question for yeah. a loan officer, but it's like, all right, well, I was insured and now they won't insure me. But if I had known they weren't going to insure me, I wouldn't have bought the house. Yeah. And banks do have uh, their own insurance called force place coverage. So if your insurance lapses for any reason, if you they have this thing called force place coverage that'll insure it, it's very, very expensive, probably three or four times than what I would be able to get you a policy for. But it does satisfy the needs of the bank. So what's it called? Force place, like F-O-R-C-E? Yeah, force place coverage. Yep. Wow. Huh. And it's really designed to protect the interest of the bank. So if you bought that $500,000 house and you only had $250,000 $250, loan, they would probably just insure. They, they want that two fifty dollars protected. But that doesn't help you out for the full value of the house. Yeah. Well, and that's, so, I mean, that's sort of where it sort of gets a little interesting, in my opinion, because yeah. it's 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 surprising to me that maybe the insurance companies don't come and look at these houses before you actually purchase it. I know. I think it gets too expensive, though. It costs them a few hundred dollars for them to come out and have a private inspector look around. Um, they don't do it till after the purchase is done. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They expect the agent like us to do our own due diligence on the house and, you know, mm -hmm. look for problems and. You know, there's so much information online between the assessor's office, you know, when they yeah. pull permits. I can tell when the roof was replaced. I mean, there's yeah. so many things that we can find. Uh, and then you just get an eye out of, from experience. You know, I'm, I'm looking at streaks coming down the roof. I'm like, well, the roof shot, the shingles peeling. Uh, the house needs paint. I know yeah. not to go to certain carriers that really don't like that. Some of the carriers are a little more lenient. And, hmm. yeah. Do the insurance companies, do they, I, I remember one time doing a show a long, long time ago with um, somebody on Michael McNamara's show and he had an author on and do they check your credit score and stuff when they're looking at they you? They do. Yeah. Yeah. It's huh. a great point right now too. This, uh, you know, I often feel like, Oh, I got a great fit for this. I love this carrier for this house because of the location and no wind deductible. And then the people don't qualify. And I said, well, why not? And he said, well, the credit score's low and, what happens is insurance carriers are saying people with low scores aren't probably taking care of the house because yep. they're not taking care of the credit. So they're going to tend to have more claims. So it's just really an underwriting thing. Low score means more claims. That's what it attributes to. Yeah. So they don't want it. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess you can't blame them, right? Yeah. 
I mean, and vice so. versa. If you don't have a mortgage, they like even more and they give you a nice credit because if you don't have a mortgage, they figure you're really taking good care of the property. Yep. Hmm. So That's it good. Does, I have an embarrassing story. It's kind of funny. Two friends, they went out and bought a, a large boat and <laughs> they both bought the same boat at the boat show. One guy was $1,500 and the other guy was $800. And I said, please, God, let's not have these two talk. Well, they did talk. And they, the guy paying the higher premium for the exact same boat, I said, hey, well, here was the problem. Your, your insurance course stinks. So <laughs> that's why he goes, well, you got me there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, and like, why are you all buying a boat? <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, some of the other things, too, with... Um, I have a very interesting story for you, too, by the way. You're going to love this one. Um, okay. But I had a question as you were talking. You were talking about, you know, different things that the banks, I mean, the appraiser, not the appraisers, but whoever the inspectors are looking for for insurance. I'm sure now you can do a lot of things like with Google, you know, just yes. Google Earth or whatever. So I had recently been doing a um, CMA, Comparative Market Analysis, for somebody, and they had a swimming pool. And one of the things I noticed is they had one of those old-fashioned type um, diving boards. Yeah. And I said something about the diving board. I was like, oh, a diving board? I haven't seen one of those in a long time. He's like, yeah, it's broken, though. And I was like, then why don't you just remove it? And he's like, well, if I remove it, then I'm going to have holes in the cement and everything else. And I was like, okay. Um, so <laughs> I, I didn't get the listing, by the way. But that's, I mean, for yeah. another reason. But um, I was like, oh, <laughs> makes me a little nervous that you have a broken diving board sitting yeah, on your yeah. house. But isn't that something that we're not supposed to have anymore anyways? Yeah. So, so some of the, there's a few carriers that like it. That and trampolines are red flags. So uh, those two. So some of the carriers are okay with diving boards and trampolines. Some of them are not. So this is the type of conversations you have ahead of time because you technically, you're, you're prepaying for your insurance year one, usually at a closing. Yeah. So the point of prepaying and then we have to cancel it 30 days later after the inspection. Kind of is everybody a waste of time and more money out of your pocket. And you're waiting for a refund. So let's do it right in the beginning. Yeah. You know, and, and write this incorrectly. So that's why I go online. I spend, somebody will call me and say, can you help me out with my insurance? My address is this that I'm buying. And I'll do a whole write up before I even have the first meeting with the client. Um, you know, some questions I ask. So you got to keep the diving board. I know you have little kids, any sign of a trampoline or, so um, there's a lot of carriers now okay with trampolines, by the way, if they have a net around. Oh, them. if they have a net around them. So okay. if they have a net around, they're okay. But a lot of them aren't, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so here's, here's a very interesting story. Excuse me, Sharon? Story. Yes. Before you get to your story, we have two phone calls waiting. Oh, okay, um, perfect. First of so, all, he's not here to talk about, the, well, he is here to talk about the weather and insurance things. But we have our own chief meteorologist, Rob Gilman, who wants to speak with you. Okay. Well, perfect. Well, hello. Hello. Originally from Dorchester, Sharon. This is originally from <laughs> Dorchester, Rob. Rob, you are original. We'll have to. We'll have to connect on that. What parish? <laughs> That's what I always get asked. <laughs> uh, in fact, I've been working for the city of Boston for snow and ice. So, along with my partner in precision weather forecasting, Bill Guile, and it is fascinating. You know, forecasting especially winter storms for your old neighborhood. It, it really, and they, they do an amazing job in the city. Uh, but we don't live in the city. We live here on the South Shore. 
And um, the gentleman you have on is the perfect person to ask this question that I've been asking many times. And please reintroduce me. I, I heard the introduction, but I know I know you're in the vineyard, and the other guy is on in one of my favorite places. Before I bought my coastal property, I haven't been to Nantucket since. And what's this gentleman's name? So I have Sean Cunning on with me from. Sullivan Garrity Donnelly. He's um, he's in a Cohasset branch of his insurance company. So yes. Rob, meet John. Sean, meet Rob. Yeah. Hi, Rob. Hey. Mm-hmm. Good. Good morning. Uh, has the sky yet cleared over Nantucket? We're doing our best to clear the entire eastern part of Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. The sun is now shining in uh, Martha's Vineyard, and it's hot and steamy. So I don't know if that helps you with your weather forecast at all. Yeah, I, I'm not working this morning. Uh, Bill Guile is doing a great job, and uh, the, the humidity is dropping even as we speak. Um, again, growing up in Dorchester, we never thought about things like coastal storms and uh, the destruction of property, uh, and I'm talking back in the 60s. Uh, in 1978, I was fortunate enough to be studying meteorology uh, about... Oh, 800 miles west of here at a place called Penn State University in State College, Pennsylvania. So we ended up with four inches of snow during what was the blizzard of 78 here in eastern Massachusetts. Uh, and I came back home that uh, month later in March and saw the destruction in the town I live in now, in Hull and in neighboring towns of Situate and Marshfield. Um, and I got very interested in, in the subject, of course, and I, my degree is in meteorology, and I have a thesis in storm development along the eastern seaboard of the United States. So I'm, I'm particularly, you know, uh, interested in this subject, and I've been fortunate to work for a number of different clients, and my favorite client, I'm not ashamed to say, is, is right here, is Marshfield Broadcasting, and uh, I've been working here since 1984, forecasting each and every storm event. Uh, So my question, Sean, is why are we paying a premium for hurricanes that come from the south when we live on the eastern part of Massachusetts? Do you have any way to answer that question? So why do we pay? Well, I mean, hurricane... Hurricanes produce wind. Wind's wind's affecting... It might start down the south, but it... You know, what, what the underwriters and, and actuary people are doing is just trying to figure out what's the likelihood of, of having a, a major storm and every roof torn off of everybody's house. You know, so, I, you know, it might start in the south, but it's still an exposure here. It's, it's a little bit like saying, all right, what about the wildfires in California? You know, they're never going to reach here. But they... You know, that's probably a bad analogy. But. I'm hoping no, no. they never reach it. Yeah, I know. California. I know. Well, yeah, I mean, weather's a factor. I mean, we, we have all sorts of things. You've got hurricanes. You know, they might not be as strong as they are down in Florida. But, you know, it brings up a good point. I write some stuff. I'm writing in Miami right now. This week I have a new client, and um, the insurance down there is astronomical, twelve, fifteen thousand 15000 for a, a normal-sized house. And that's not in including flood insurance. Yeah, not including flood. And it just... You know, and what they're doing now is is they're asking for, you know, they want to see the hurricane-proof windows. If you don't, they want to see the storm shutters. So you have to order a wind mitigation survey of your house before you buy it. And that way, the insurance is based off of that. And is that something we're going to get to eventually? It could. But we've mm-hmm. been really lucky up here. And the insurance companies have always said, you know, we're due for a major, major storm, and it just hasn't happened. Right. Uh, well, that, I remember that, Hurricane that, that, Sandy right. hooked into New York, and that could have easily been a line drive to us. No, it couldn't yeah. have. It could that, and that's my point. It, Hurricane Superstorm Sandy could yeah. not 
possibly have come into eastern Massachusetts. The right. atmosphere wouldn't yep. do that. And, that, that. and when you talk about what insurance companies decide and how it impacts our bottom line, because the homeowners here in eastern Massachusetts are paying a fortune in premiums for yep. storms that couldn't happen. Now, there's no question that there's a risk, and that's yep. what we're paying for is the risk. But most people, you know, can't make a decision based on meteorology, based on climate, on what that risk is. And they depend on, well, people like you. And, you know, it, it's, it's a challenge. And I know this with my own insurance. I've, I've just recently changed insurance carriers, and I've gone with a higher deductible because I refuse to pay for the, this kind of risk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, Rob, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. I, I believe I know where you live because I believe my husband is your plumber. So Mark McNamara from McNamara Plumbing. Um, up, uh, you're sort of up on a hill, right? So it isn't like, or, or you down lower. I thought that where he had, I thought he had shown me where you lived at one point when we were, because his parents lived right up the street from you. Right. Um, so do you, is your risk more wind than water where you are? That's a great question. Uh, you know, it's it's my risk. I'm thinking of my risk as uh, a Category Two hurricane that hits from the south, does tremendous damage to the Buzzards Bay area, uh, coastal Rhode Island, perhaps where you folks are now, perhaps especially the Vineyard, and we get some sloppy leftovers, mm -hmm. some gusts to 100 and 110 miles an hour. That, that, to me, is the worst-case scenario for this area. Yeah. But, Rob, I also would say if you took your house and you transplanted it in all these different locations, if you're paying just, for instance, 3000 where you are now, you brought that down the vineyard, it's 6 You bring that down to Florida, and it's 12 So the rates do follow the location pretty well. The carriers are getting better, too. At, at, I know uh, on the Cape, they're rating homes on the outer elbow higher than the ones on the bay side. So they are getting a little bit better on the modeling. Well, they, and could, get, they could get a lot better. That My point is, and again, I'm yeah. not an expert in this, but my point is they could mm -hmm. get a lot better. And I'm sure you know that when the Bigot Waters Act was passed several years ago, yeah. the flood insurance rates in towns like Marshfield went astronomically higher because they were using a Pacific Ocean model on the Atlantic yeah. Ocean, which is just so unbelievably ludicrous. Uh, and that's the same thing that's going on here. I mean, if you live, let's say, in Waterbury, Connecticut, or um, uh, Greenwood, Greenwood, East Greenwich, Greenwich uh, Connecticut, or up in um, South of Providence, those areas are higher risk from a hurricane than we mm -hmm. are in Hull and Cohasset and Marshfield. They're going to get the 140, 150 mile an hour wind gusts from a Category 2 or 3 hurricane that makes landfall. That's right. There is enough carriers out there, too, that it's a competitive market. It's supposed to be a competitive market where carriers can price accordingly. And if you, know, if you find four carriers all pricing a similar thing, that's where the risk, you know, the risk management comes into play. You, know, you could say, well, all right, this is pretty accurate. i got five carriers I'm quoting out, and they're all right around the same price. Right, and that, that's what I've done, and personally, that you know, that's why I decided to go with a higher deductible, because they were exactly. all, you know, again, that the prices were crazy. And this is true of this, you know, this entire uh, WATD listening area. It's just, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's un it, and I don't know whether, 
you know, it's, it's a government thing, whether the Massachusetts Department of Insurance needs to look at it. Uh, it it's so difficult for the average person to try to deal with this kind of yeah, thing. It's, yeah. it's getting to be, you know, a bigger and bigger part of our pocketbook, especially for seniors, exactly. for people on fixed income that own these properties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you, you bring up a good point. You probably have a few cars in the family and you got the house and all that. You did the absolute right thing. Let's raise the deductible. A lot of the carriers now are waiving deductibles on claims over 50000 So this, I've got people with $10,000 deductibles saying, you know what, I'm not going to put in a, a $3,000 loss. I'm going to wait till the big one comes and keep my rates down and kind of self-insure the small stuff. It costs a carrier as much to come to your house and do a small loss as it does a large loss. So why not, if we can get the people that treat insurance as a maintenance plan versus a catastrophe problem, you'll end up with lower rates for all. Yeah, you know, well, so. it's, it, it's, it needs to be much more transparent than it is now. Yeah. Well, uh, if you've got a good agent, they should make it transparent. You know, they should make it transparent and say, hey, here's your options. You know, well, and, again, I don't see it as the agent. I see it as the underwriter and the regulation yeah. of the underwriters. Uh, again, mm-hmm. when you grow up in Dorchester, you're used to knowing who's behind the business. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whether it's exactly. Ave or Blue Hill Ave. You know, there's this shops, and you know who's running the business. Yeah. The other problem is, too, the, the carriers I can't the go over to London and meet with, with these guys in, in, in boardrooms and say, what model are you using yeah. to charge me more than you're charging Coastal Connecticut for homeowners insurance? Yeah. Yeah. The other thing we're seeing is the cost of buildings so high and skyrocketing that mm-hmm. insurance carriers are getting caught, you know, when they do have a large loss. So particularly on an older home where they have to customize something to make it match the rest of the house, it can be really expensive. Sure, and, and that's what's going to happen. I mean, I absolutely agree. It's only, and I've said this for many years, it's only a matter of time before a major hurricane hits southern New England. It's happened yep. every 100 to 150 years since the late 1500s when the Spanish explorers were, you know, uh, making notes along the east coast of the United States, which was, you know, occupied by Spain, occupied by France, occupied by Britain. There's a lot of history that goes back hundreds of years, and it's only a matter of time before a storm like this comes up into Connecticut or coastal Rhode Island or Buzzards Bay. That's a huge concern, you know, for southeastern parts of Massachusetts, or the vineyard, you know, that, that is going to happen, whether it's this September, it, 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 the, yeah. you know, the, the maximum frequency of these kind of storm impacts starts up in mid to late August and goes through September, it reaches a peak around mid-September, uh, the great New England hurricane was September 21st of 1938. The winds gusted to 186 miles an hour at the Blue Hill Observatory. You know, that's the time of year. It may be this year. It may be next year. It may be another 30 years before it happens. We don't know. Exactly. Let me ask you a quick question, too. Do you have a wind deductible on your new new policy you just bought? I have the same deductible. It's a 2% deductible for everything. 2%. Okay, so 2% of the value. So say probably got... Okay. Yeah. There are markets in your area that don't have wind deductibles, and that's key. Uh, there's no reason to pay a premium and then have a $40,000 wind deductible. I'm seeing a lot of people with super high deductibles, and wind deductibles never get waived. Um, other deductibles would if the claims are large. So, John, um, I, I shopped around. I, I yeah. spent two months shopping around. My, my premium was going to go up 47%. Wow. Yeah. And I've never had a claim in 26 years. Yeah, and that I just means the carriers are overloaded. Around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good. 
Yeah, well, again, what does that mean? You want to carry I, I, what? It's my neighbors and it's our listeners that I'm concerned about. And, uh, you know, if, if there's a, a state rep listening, uh, Joan Moschino or, you know, anyone else that wants to get yeah. involved and look more into this. But, I, you know, on a, on a day in July, this is our last weekend when the sun is shining, you know, we'll, we'll enjoy the beautiful weather while it's here. Exactly. Uh, but it, it's something to think about. Yep. Hey, no, Rob, it is. what it's, it's I can do... Rob, why don't we uh, pick some dates, and I will ask Josh Cutler if he can join us one time and maybe the state rep from Marshfield. I'm not sure who it is anymore because it isn't Jim Cantwell, but maybe I can find Jim Cantwell, too, to join us. I know he's been on the show um, in the past. I know he's working directly for Ed Markey right now, but um, maybe we can do a show with those guys if you're up for it. Well, Rob, if you wanted to say- up, it's, it's a very important topic to me and to people I know, you know, in this area. I'm on the beach management committee in, in this town, uh, and it's always been a, a fascinating subject. Uh, again, I, I, I prefer looking at the science rather than looking at the regulation, and I really wish our elected officials would spend a little more time and effort looking at the science. Mm-hmm. Sean, do I mean do these carriers do they have the people who know the science? I mean, they do. Okay. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and it is all rates have to be filed with the state with the insurance commissioner, and they have to justify where their rates are at. So there is there is a a board that oversees rates rates in Massachusetts. Um, you just seven sure percent is a lot. It sounds like Rob did a good job shopping this around, but. You know, a lot of people don't do that. You know, they say, well, I'm with mass property, and that's the only thing out there. Um, I'll just say, too, the bigger the house, the more options. So if, if I'm, you know, anything over 3,000 square feet, you do have a lot more options uh, for coastal properties. Um, yep. And the other thing is, uh, sorry, I, I'll let you go. I'm bringing up too much, but Sharon, you. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. Oh. I mean, if I mean the flood other- insurance has improved tremendously. If you have an old flood policy. Let's take a look at that because now uh, back in April, we went to, they call it FEMA 2.0. And now you can get a newer house without an elevation certificate. You can buy a flood policy. Um, And I'm noticing that a lot of people's rates have come down. A few have gone up. Um, So that's good news on the flood side. There is a lot of voluntary carriers that have come out. Um, I had one the other day. I quoted with FEMA. It was over 4,000 a year. I quoted it with um, Neptune, which is a voluntary carrier through Lloyd's of London. And they came in at $550. So imagine wow. a discrepancy between the two for the exact same coverage. Yeah. Wow. So. Well, um, and that's the other thing, too, is maybe I know that Michael McNamara from McNamara on Money, I was on his show a couple of weeks ago, and he sent me a topic list. And some of it was to do with flood insurance and all those other things. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can get Rob to come on. I can get... Um, um, maybe we could do another long show. Sean, have you back, obviously. I can get in touch with some of the state reps and get them on board and see see if there's any. Sharon, I think the state rep you were trying to think of was Patrick Kearney for uh, Marshfield. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so maybe we can do that and we'll work on getting that. Rob, is, is Rob still there? Did he have I, any other questions? My, my question is what more can I do? And that, that's uh, that's wonderful to hear that proposal, Sharon. Uh, you know, anything I can do, uh, our website is snowandice.com, and you know how to reach me through that, uh, through the station. Uh, I'm more than eager to, you know, to be involved, again, in the science. I, 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 
the uh, the regulation, you know, when you say there's a board looking over that, uh, if you grew up in Dorchester in the 60s, you heard that a little <laughs> too much. And uh, that, you know, we, 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 we always question authority. Yeah. Rob, I'll be happy to, too. If you, want to, if you just want to email you over your deck pages, I'm happy to take a quick look and tell you my two cents. No, you know, I know you said you shopped it around, but I'm happy just to give my little feedback. I kind of know where you are and what carriers work better than others. I'm happy to share with it. I'm not trying to poach somebody's business, but I'd love to kind of talk with you offline and, you know, take sure. a good peek at this. I might have some options that you might not have explored yet. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, my... My main interest here is just raising awareness. Yeah. Uh, I, I personally, you know, I, I have a lot of friends and relatives and business associates around here. And, you know, most people, when you start talking about numerical modeling of coastal storms, their eyes start to glaze over. And then you really need to, you know, I think yeah. someone needs to make this more transparent to the average homeowner that's paying enormous yeah. premiums right now. And just to get a better understanding of the risk and how they can best mitigate that risk with insurance. Yeah, yeah. And well, I've and always found Hull to be a little difficult because a lot of people have secondary standalone homes, which are not very attractive because they're vacant often. So it's a little bit, it's really individual to individual, you mm -hmm. know, what you can do for them and what you can't do. So, yeah. And from a real estate perspective, I mean, it doesn't help somebody who is in a house and they can afford it then. But I mean, if their rates go up 47%, I mean, they're going to be bounced out and end up in a very serious situation. Um, so, Rob, thank you so much for calling. I am. I will work on that. We'll get some dates together amongst all of us, and we'll have a really good show and topic. I know Mike McNamara from McNamara Financial and McNamara Money here in WATD would love this topic, so sure. we'll work on that. Yeah. But, hey, Rob, hey, I in, have in a question. Bill McNamara, I, you know, we, we were close friends for a number of years. He was active with the Straits Pond Watershed Association, uh, mm -hmm. an amazing guy, an amazing family. And, Sharon, you, you're an amazing woman, and I, I really appreciate the work you do. I, I'm an avid listener. Oh, thank you. Yes, and Papa was literally the best. He was. We miss him. We miss him. But we know he's with us all the time. But, Rob, I do have a question for you. Can we make this about me for one second? Um, yes, <laughs> when we're on the boat, so we keep our boat in Zecco, which is down there, the Wareham River, and we shoot across. So that way there, we, used to, we were in Situate for years, but you have to go through the canal. That's fun once in your lifetime, by the way, going through the canal in a boat. But, you know, every year it seems like these storms just sort of come out of nowhere. And I remember not this year, but last year, 4th of July, a big storm came out of nowhere and it was coming right up Edgartown. And the, even these moorings weren't rated to hold them. So we had to like scooch out of here. I don't like rough seas, and I don't understand why weather forecasters don't say, you can expect two to four footers or four to six footers in your forecasts. That's what I want. If you could just send me a text every weekend, that would be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be more than happy to be helpful if we can. And it's very localized. It's very specialized. Uh, and, you know, generally, weather forecasters want to be helpful. Uh, you know, we just need to know where to, where to put our efforts. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rob. I appreciate it. I'll be in touch. Um, I'm sure that somebody at WATD can get us uh, our, you know, your number. Um, just so you have mine, 781-294-4848 is my cell phone number. 781-294-4848. That's my cell phone number. So all our WATD listeners and all of our friends on Facebook, you can text me anytime as well. And Tim, do we still have another caller waiting? I we did, but um, he's Tom will contact you during the week. 
Okay, so was that Tom from Kingston? Yes, it was. The one and only. All right, perfect. <laughs> well, if Tom from Kingston is still listening, he can also call back in. We'd love to hear from him. All right, so... Um, 4848, have a wonderful weekend, and my pleasure. All right, thanks so much. We appreciate your call. You're welcome. Um, so, Sean, I think that, you know, Rob brings up very good points of, you know, yeah. the increases that people are feeling. I mean, they're real, especially when we're in this yeah. economic state that we're in right now. I mean, what do seniors do about this situation? I know people on fixed incomes and stuff, they just have no choice but to sell their house. Yeah, they really do. I feel bad. You know, the, the rates are going up. The cost of construction's going up. It's inflation's up. Uh, taxes are up. I mean, it just doesn't stop. Uh, but also the values of your home are up. You can look at that positively too. So, which is good. But then, yeah. you know, what we've been in for the past year or two is, you know, great. The the value of my house is worth more. But where am I going to go? Right. But that's a exactly. whole other show for another day. So I yeah. want to I wanted to bring you up to speed on something that happened with my sister. Okay. Um, so Tuesday, my sister has a condo. She lives in Abington at the Gables and um, beautiful unit. I mean, she's, she's, you know, single, loves her unit, um, puts all of her heart and joy is into this house. Her air conditioner went <laughs> during the heat wave while she had my mother staying with her. My mom just had an operation. Yeah. Air conditioner went. They had a portable. It worked fine. The air conditioner HVAC guy came this week. He was there Wednesday, Thursday, installing a new system. Thursday, he was there. My sister called me hysterical. And Mark just happened to be in the office, which worked out good. He was doing some paperwork. So we rushed over there. What happened was he had a blowtorch. Is that what it's called, Mark? Like he had a blowtorch. Yeah. Soldering joints and doing whatever he was doing. And he was just about finished, and he turned the fan away from where he was working. Guess what happened? Lit the wood on fire? <laughs> well, he set off the fire alarm and the sprinkler. Oh. And the sprinkler went off. Well, one thing I did not know is the only people who can shut off a sprinkler system in a condo <laughs> development when there's multiple units together is the fire department or the sprinkler company. Right. Her house got flooded. The oh. woman who lives in the unit under her, I went into her unit, and hers is worse than my sister's and made oh. it all the way into the basement. I mean, the, the, the drop ceiling was falling. Yeah. So how does this process work? I mean, do you go directly to his insurance or do you go through your insurance? No. So in Massachusetts, there's really no segregation between unit owners. So it's not like one insurance policy for the unit owner. You have a master policy in place for the entire building. That pays for most of everything. And then your individual policies will cover your contents, your the association deductible and all that. But so, will it be the will it be the HVAC who had insurance? I mean, this is a really yeah. good thing, you yeah, know. I, exactly. It's a great question. Yeah. Our our recommendation is the problem is if you go through the uh, plumber's insurance, you're only going to get actual cash value for everything. You're not going to get paid enough. So go through your own insurance, get it handled properly, quickly, and they're going to segregate within the next six months against the plumber that caused the damage. So it'll happen very quickly behind the scenes. You won't even see it. You won't have a deductible once they get reimbursed by the plumber's insurance. And yeah, it'll, it'll go smooth. But it is a problem, too, because in condominiums, that's why they have such large deductibles, because they don't want to have, like, one unit owner 
constantly having small claims, you know, they don't want to replace their dishwasher and they're having leaks all the time and, and putting in claims that ruins it for everybody. Now they have to pay higher premiums. So if they put yeah. a large deductible in the master policy, make the unit owner somewhat responsible. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, again, obviously this had nothing to do with my sister. I mean, and she yeah. felt bad. The woman who lives underneath her is an older woman. Now she's staying with her son. Her place is, I think Brash. that they have to, they're going to have to rip down every wall and think yeah. about how hot and humid it is. The, the, the growth of mold, you know what I mean? Just, it's yeah. going to take off in there. So yeah. 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 So they but, should have service master or serve pro somebody come in there and just really got it and dry it quickly. They were out there right away. Yep. Good. They were on yeah. it. Yeah. But this is another thing I want our listeners to know is I understand that the cost of doing business with, you know, a licensed professional is a yeah. lot more than doing it with your friend of a friend who's like, I yeah. hate to say this, like my firefighter can do it on the side type thing. Mm -hmm. They don't have insurance. Like that's why plumbers are expensive. They play with gas, but you know, Sean, their insurance yeah. and their is expensive. Yeah, it's outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> their liability is huge for reasons just like this. So yeah. Yeah. always use someone who's licensed and insured because... Yeah. You don't even want to have to pay your deductible. If, yeah. And if that plumber was not insured, the insurance carrier doesn't say, oh, okay, he doesn't have insurance. The insurance carrier says, well, we're going to go after you personally now. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll go after him and say, hey, you're operating without insurance. We're going to put a lien on your house or you're going to pay us $200 for the rest of your life. But they'll figure out some way to recoup some of this. Um, so they'll go after the plumber or the, the HVAC yeah. directly. Yeah. Uninsured person. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wow. They will. That is interesting. Um, I can't believe it, but we have five minutes left. So, Sean, you're definitely yeah. going to have to come on with us again. We have so many other right. items in our list. Um, I just want to, if I could, um, I want to take the last five minutes or so that we have here. Um, if you could just give all of our listeners your contact information so they can get in touch with you directly. Sure. Um, if they have questions about their insurance and how they can reach you. Yeah, and I'm real low-key. If somebody wants to just say, hey, this is what I got, but I don't want to change agents, what do you think? That is fine, too. So let me mm -hmm. give you my direct line. It's 781-236-6101. And that goes, if you called it right now, it would actually go right to my voicemail, and I'll pick it up Monday morning and give you a ring back. Perfect. Can you give that but, number one more time? Sure, 781 Perfect. And also Sean's email address is Sean, S-E-A-N dot Cunning, C-U-N-N-I-N-G at S-G-D insurance, I-N-S dot com. Okay. Yep. So dot com. Perfect. Perfect. So if people want to get there, uh, we have about eight minutes left. But one of the things I have to do, if you don't mind, Sean, um, is I just want to let everybody know out there about all the different open houses that are going on this weekend. If you are out there looking for a new home, uh, the agents at Boston Connect Real Estate have several going on. So the first one I wanted to discuss is this morning from 10 to 12. You still have time to get there. That is on uh, Cherry Street in... Um, Halifax, and that is 10 to 12 today. That's a four-bedroom colonial. The Flins are there, and that is on for $6.99. So if you want to go there, and I'm going to give you, the, it's 18 Cherry Street in Halifax, 10 to 12 today, Saturday. Uh, um, in Rockland tomorrow, Ginny Wandell is the listing agent, 102 Brookside. 
is a three-bedroom ranch. It's on for $3.95. She will be hosting her open house tomorrow, Sunday, 11 to 1. Then in Hanover tomorrow, 221 Circuit Street is a three-bedroom antique cape is on the market for $6.35. Mary Baker, my team member, will be doing that. That is one of our listings that we have going on. Beautiful, beautiful home, especially if you love antiques, you're going to love this home. Um, then again, tomorrow, the Grady team, which is Jim and Tracy Grady, they will be in Pembroke at 15 Hill Farm Drive in Pembroke from Sunday, uh, 11 to 1. And that is also a three-bedroom colonial with a two-car garage. They had another price enhancement there at 725 So certainly get over there. It's a great, great location, great home. You have to see that. Um, and then my team member, Mary Baker, we also have a subdivision in West Bridgewater. There are 92 units in this subdivision. There are uh, limited numbers of single family, then there'll be duplexes. But we are hosting uh, the model home is a three-bedroom colonial, new construction that is there today. And price ranges go up to $8.99 and start in the mid-sevens. So go and see Mary today and tomorrow from 10 to 12. So got all that done and i didn't um i didn't even stutter through any of it <laughs> i dropped nice my job. pen <laughs> yep so sean how about some final thoughts and final anything i mean we do have just about you know maybe yeah. five minutes left how about what are some some of the big key things that people should be thinking about right now um, so some of the quick, just a quick highlight uh you know I always say don't pick the cheapest carrier. Pick the one that how you want it to respond, how you want to be treated at the end of the day. What do you expect to happen and work it backwards? And that way you can, you know, if you do have a large loss like this house in Hingham, you know, understand how it's going to work and, and what you expect out of it. If both of you are a working couple, you might not have the time to quit your job and build a new house. So you might need a, a premium carrier that's going to spend the money and do it right. Um what else too? We got the oil tank. That was a big thing. We oh, saw that in the yeah. Globe a couple weeks, you know, a couple months back. Um, you can get if you have an oil tank in your basement, you're worried about it ever leaking out. As long as you get a certificate from the fire department or the oil company, you can add it to your homeowners and have full pollution coverage. I think the story in the Globe was that it was uh, a carry that would not pay, and they racked up over hundred thousand cleanup cost. Um, can you tell me what it, happened? I didn't hear about that. Sure, it was a. Uh, it was a dirt floor. It had an oil tank in the basement. The couple bought the house, and the oil tank let go, and it dumped oil all over the, you know, all over the floor, and it, it absorbed into the ground. So immediately, you got hazmat coming to has to clean it, and they had to dig down to remove the soil and the contamination. And yeah, and the insurance carrier goes, "Nope, that's ex that's an exclusion. We don't pay it." Oh my um, goodness. The Globe did such a good story in the article that Carrie did come around and finally paid it. But it was a real nightmare for the homeowners. So, so I not everybody is covered. Like, so right for now, like I oh. have oil at my house. I have no, I mean, our tank is, it's maybe 10 years old yeah. or something. But so if that went, is that something that's normally yeah. in people's coverage? It's not in there. So you got to add it. But you have to make sure that your, your tank is certified, meaning it has a little orange tube and it's encased in yep. cement. And if you have that, you get a little certificate from the fire department or your oil company. And for $70 a year, you can add it to your homeowners and have full pollution coverage. Wow. All right. Well, that's yeah. great. So right. if somebody's worried about that. Uh, umbrella coverage, a must. You know, as assets increase as you get older, protect them. You know, you, mm -hmm. so, you know, you yeah. see a lot of claims. And, and believe it or not, umbrellas are worldwide coverage. It's not just located in your home or your car. 
you rent a VRBO and you burn the place down. Well, guess what? Subrogation is going to come back and get you. There's where your umbrella kicks in. Let's um, talk for, about that for a second. Yeah. The VRBO and the, um, what's the other big one there? Um, um, Airbnb. Airbnb. If you yeah. own a property, what is the insurance looking like for that? Yeah. So th that's one of the questions now in the applications. Do you do weekly rentals? They're fine with the monthly rentals or the, you know, the week, you know, uh, longer term rentals. But the carriers are really don't know how to get their arms around this. They're saying we never thought someone would buy a multi-million dollar property and rent it out by the week. And that's what they're doing over here in Nantucket. It's happening all the time. And it's just they can't get their arms around it. How to insure it. Now, the more expensive the property, the higher the rate. And you're probably getting better quality people. But, you know, yeah. it does. It's a problem. It's a problem for the carriers because you get major exposure. I had one down the Cape. With this family rented a house in the, from the Midwest, and they came in, they rented this house, and they had a step down into the kitchen area. Well, then the lady fall into the kitchen, and she said, well, in the Midwest, we don't have this type of layout. Uh, they sued the homeowner because it wasn't mentioned in the lease that there was a dangerous drop down, and they won. Oh, yeah. my They goodness. won a pretty, pretty substantial payout, and that was so. Anyways, things do happen. Interesting too is um, last year I rented, um, I did an Airbnb for a weekend um, mm -hmm. for Casey and some of her friends. They all stayed out there and it was out on Cuddy Hump. And when they got there, the toilet was running. So uh -huh. obviously, Casey, having a dad as a plumber, you know, called. I mean, she took the lid off the tank and she fiddled with a couple of things. But I was like, well, that's probably what you shouldn't be doing in an Airbnb. What you don't want yeah. people doing in an Airbnb, right? Yeah, doing their own maintenance. Yeah. Exactly. So Casey ended up calling Mark and Mark's like, just shut off the water to the tank. Do you have another toilet in the house? And she, he's like, yeah, he told her how to shut the water off to that toilet. Yeah. Just use the other toilet and call the homeowner. Like don't make it your problem <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, good point so, too yeah and finished basements if you have a finished basement with a sub pump most carriers will say we got five or ten thousand dollar max coverage some carriers give the full limits of the policy so wow. these are the type of discussions you should be having with your agent 11 o'clock mm -hmm. so what we need to do is we need to wrap this up right now i'm getting okay. you on my text message from uh from tim from the studio right now and um i hope that you can come back on i'm going to try to convince michael mcnamara to give me his show and my show then we'd have three hours to talk about all this stuff that we really <laughs> got to get out there but again for our listeners you can get in touch with sean cunning he's the best of the best that's why mark and i have everything we have insurance wise with him uh, so there's there's a testimonial right there for you. 781-236-6101. Um, 781-236-6101. Leave him a message. He'll get back to you on Monday. Um, and if you can't get any of that information, you can reach me at bostonconnect.com or you can call me directly on my cell phone, 781-294-4848. Tim, is that a wrap? Or yeah, we got to go. We... Yep. Bye. Bye. <laughs>